0: Yeah, uh, Heavy Crown Radio, you know it's going down With Denise, you can see, she's the queen with the crown Talking real life, wild nights, and current events Breaking down, even giving tips on relationships Hey, you don't wanna miss, ready, here we go Keep it tuned in, Heavy Crown Radio Super entertaining, yeah, that's for sure Keep it tuned in, Heavy Crown Radio go here's the one that we've all been waiting for I can't even tell you like how lousy this sounded this morning because I literally didn't even have the microphone USB on it was recording from the speaker so it sounded like a bad like 2010 Skype call it was so bad that I was like I'm mortified right now I can't put this out there for my people you know I love to give you my best so here we go You know that I actually put out on the Facebook page that I wanted to talk about toxic relationships because I can honestly tell you that I've been there 100% as I'm sure many of you have. It's a vicious cycle and it takes a toll not only mentally but physically because it's exhausting. And my burning question about all this is why? Why do we engage and why do we act out of character? What does it really solve to keep going in circles? I can speak from my own experience because I know firsthand like how it happened, why it happened, and why I let it continue when I shouldn't have. And I'm not going to tell the story that sounds most flattering to me because that wouldn't be right. I had a hand in it myself. I have to own my shit and take responsibility for it just as much as he should. He never will, but that's fine, you know, water under the bridge. Sometimes you have to accept an apology that you're never going to receive. That's the thing is we grow so much when we acknowledge our flaws and we identify how we can work on them. So years ago, I was dating someone that was nowhere near a good fit for me. And this guy was like, I thought he was like out of this world. And now I think about it and I'm like, why did I ever think that? But... I I really did. I thought he was, like, out of this world awesome. He seemed like a really cool guy. And, you know, regardless of, like, what people said about him, I was like, oh, you know what? He seems like a good dude, you know? And I was a little naive at the time. So, you know, I didn't see it because I was in it, you know? And I wanted to believe in the good in him. And that's where, like, being naive got me in trouble. Because he did something absolutely beyond horrendous to me with absolutely no remorse. And I was so upset and unforgiving about it. And I'm not gonna say what it was, I'm not here to drag anyone, you know, but this situation was basically the beginning of the end. This is where I can pinpoint it back to. And once it happened, there was just so much devastation on my end, you know, like the day that it went down, I went out with my friends, like as if nothing happened, you never would have known. And they still don't even know what happened because I chose not to share it with anyone, except my mom. It's like that meme, no, I can't hang out with you again because I already told my mom what you did. So, my mom is not a fan of him at all. She's not a fan of a lot of my ex boyfriends, actually. I think she only liked like one or two of them. But, you know, I got home after being out with my friends and I didn't leave my bedroom for the rest of the weekend. Like, I think I just stayed in bed crying. You know, I was young at the time, so I was just, you know, distraught and I just didn't want to talk to anybody. My phone was off. I was just, you know,. I was, I was in complete disbelief and disarray and I wouldn't speak to him for months, you know. I wanted to be left alone because I kind of felt like, you know, I was in so much shock that it happened and I was like, how could I have been with somebody so cruel, so selfish and heartless? The one thing that I've recognized about him is that he comes first, always, and he has little to no regard for other people's feelings at all. I actually one day was like, I think you're a sociopath. But obviously, you know, present day, I mended just fine, but I did vow that he would never be able to hurt me again after that weekend of being in bed because I was like, you know what? That's like one thing about me is I'll allow myself the time to be upset about it, but once I like snap back, I'm like, nope, you're not allowed to hurt me anymore. That's the last time. And we happened to cross paths one night. I want to say it was either like a few months later or a year later, and I did not miss a single opportunity to take every dig that I could at him. I think my M.O. at the time was just like mock him and hurt him back. And, you know, like I said, I was young and I felt like I was defending my honor. Like I felt like I was just like, ooh, yeah, low blow. There you go. And, you know, initially he shrugged off my digs, but one day I hit a nerve. And from that moment on, it was only nice initiating of small talk that would always turn into verbal sparring. It wouldn't matter if there was like a referee or a bell we would have still been trading verbal below the belt blows. And if you know me, you know how out of character that is for me. And I'm not proud of it at all. Like, I'm not proud of, you know, hurting someone. That's not who I am. it, It made me feel terrible, to be honest with you. I'm definitely, like, ashamed that I'd let some monster turn me into a junkyard dog. But that pain and that hurt, you know, just created this toxic cycle of us finding any reason at all to just lose it on one another. And we weren't even dating anymore. Like that's the thing, you know, like it it, it had been like years and we started getting along again, you know, probably a few months after and we wound up celebrating New Year's Eve together. And to be honest, like it felt really magical at the time, like for us to be in a good place of forgiveness. And I thought maybe we had like turned a corner or something. But, you know, at the end of the night, we were sitting in his car and we're, you know, about to leave. And he started talking about like every dig that I ever made at him. As if he was like hanging on to them and like tucked them in his back pocket for a rainy day. And he was angry that I no longer trusted him. He was like pissed off that I wouldn't just give him my complete trust immediately. And I just felt like, you know what, this is a dead end conversation. And I got out of the car calmly because at that point I'm like, you know what, I am not down to like start the new year on a bad note. I'm trying to start my year out good, you know, good karma and all that. So I just, I wasn't down to, you know, have like a huge altercation. You know, so he feigned an apology and we didn't talk for a good year after that. Because this is the thing with him is he has major issues with always getting his way. Like he's he's a good looking guy. He always gets his way with women, but I've never given him his way. I never would, you know, and he'd try every trick in the book to like mess with me to try to get me to like react. And that's the thing is like you if you're looking for a reaction out of me and I can tell you're looking for a reaction out of me, you're not going to get it. You know, like he'd be do the silent treatment. And if you know me, the silent treatment doesn't work either. I will never beg for scraps and I will lose. I'll just lose respect for you. I want to say it was probably about another year later. We, we crossed paths. We started randomly doing business together, you know, once in a while. But I always kept the personal out of it. But, you know, one day he started to get out of line and the verbal sparring began again. And it was like the most horrific hurricane of anger, emotions and resentment But that's the thing, like I wasn't resentful anymore. I had put it behind me, but he hadn't. He'd make demands on me that were like hot and cold, there was no pleasing him. You know, it was it was bullshit to me, honestly. Like I finally told him like, you know what, enough is enough. But things didn't end there. We weren't done. Every few months, it just be- it just started to become normal. It-, it became normal again to just small talk, evolve into a blowout, and stop speaking. And this went on up until recently. And I'm not proud of that. I'm disappointed myself because I accepted this as normal. It wasn't until like a friend of mine pointed it out, like how unhealthy it was, that I really saw the big picture because he's now doing life without parole in my block list, as he should. Because you know what? I'm done with dead ends. There's no point there's zero point we're too old to be fighting this like battle of 13 years you know that like this began long before texting was reliable we can't keep trying to avenge our pain you know and I don't even feel that pain anymore that's the thing is like I have I've left it in the past where it belongs and I genuinely want to be happy with someone new you know I'm definitely ready to like move forward in my life and not have that negativity you know like I want to be partners with somebody where it's like you're partners, but you also have your own individuality because that's a beautiful thing. And that's definitely what I wanted to evolve into. And I'm glad that this happened to me because it allowed me to see what I really truly deserve. But I do have to say, though, when it comes down to like, you know, going back and forth in the text battles, I would get a little petty where (laughs) like he'd spell things wrong and then I'd come back and spell it properly and then add a period. And as a woman, I think we we all do this. We turn into like petty betty because when you end your text with a period and you have an argument, it's savagery. Like you mean business, like you're not fucking around. And that's the thing too is like my number one question about that is like, why do we do that? Like, why do we engage in that behavior? Why do we allow ourselves to like lower ourselves to that level? Because that's the thing is I don't get involved in petty nonsense with anyone else. Like I've never had other ex-boyfriends that, I fought like that with like I actually think pretty highly of my communication skills you know I think I've worked on that a lot and I think that's important you have to be able to communicate and you have to be able to accept constructive criticism nobody wants to hear they're wrong or no one wants to feel like shit but I think when you have somebody in your life that if they won't co-sign your bullshit they'll call you out that's important you need that in your life you know you don't need somebody tearing you down all the time But when somebody can recognize or like just give you their opinion and say, hey, you know, that wasn't a good look like that, that's that's a good thing because that's what a healthy relationship is. You know, toxic people will lure you into their web and devour you if you let them and you feel like you have zero control over the outcome. But in reality, you do. You don't need to respond. You don't need to be extra to prove a point. You just need to get them out of your life. There's like nothing more that needs to be said. Let them take the gutter. But it's honestly like the hardest thing to do though when someone keeps gaslighting you but you just have to take away their access to you because they don't deserve it. They don't. And I did some research and found some signs of how you can recognize if you have like a toxic relationship or friendship. Number one, they're all take, no give. Number two, you constantly feel drained. Number three, there is a lack of trust between you. Number four, The atmosphere becomes hostile if things don't go their way. Number five, total imbalance in the relationship. Their needs are more important. Number six, constant judgment. Number seven, persistent unreliability. Number eight, nonstop narcissism. Number nine, loaded with negative energy. Number 10, and this is important, lack of communication. Number 11, continuous disrespect. Number 12, mutual avoidance. Number 13, insufficient support. They don't support you when you need it, but when, you know, push comes to shove and they need support, they're like sucking you dry. Number 14, ceaseless control issues. Number 15, never-ending drama. Number 16, persistent self-betrayal. You find yourself going against your own beliefs. Number 17, constant challenges. Number 18, feelings of unworthiness. Number 19, vibes of entrapment. You attempt to make excuses for why you keep them around when in reality it's because you see no way out. Number 20, they are always undermining you. 21, and this is something I mentioned earlier, empty pretense, smiling when everything isn't okay. 22, Loaded with uncertainty. Movement forward feels impossible. 23, you can sense their envy. Number 24, no autonomy. You don't have the right to say no or disagree with them. Number 25, the person oozes victimhood. Number 26, they diminish your self-worth. 27, constant dishonesty. Number 28, you feel uncomfortable. Number 29, they bring out the worst in you. And number 30, they're overly critical of you. A decent amount of these above check the boxes for me, which in turn tells me that this was a toxic relationship I needed to let go of and get rid of. You can't continue having someone like that in your life to drag you down. And if you find the majority of these kind of checked boxes for you too, like maybe it might be worth considering reevaluating a relationship or a friendship if that's the case, you know, because... Sometimes we don't recognize it in our own life. Like it took a friend of mine being like, dude, that's super unhealthy. Why are you guys like fighting over some bullshit? There's no need for it. It's just going in circles and you're just like, holy shit. And we can't all get everything right the first time. Like I said, I have recognize this is unhealthy. It's not conducive to the life I want. It's a wrap. You're the only one that can get yourself off the carousel or it's never going to stop turning. And I feel better than I have in a long time. I can say that. My days and my nights will no longer be randomly ruined, I'll no longer have someone trying to sabotage all my relationships, and I can be free to just be without, like, aggravation. You can't fix people. You can't change people. They're just going to be who they are. You have to be able to see it and recognize it before you get involved. And, you know, don't keep them around even as your friend because they don't deserve space in your life. Like I said, friends can do this shit to you too. And you can't keep allowing someone to disrespect you over and over and continue to let them back in your life. They don't see anything wrong with their behavior and they will just suck you dry emotionally and you can't let people do this to you. The sooner you become impervious to the bullshit, the better. So I'm going to transition into a more lighthearted, funny topic just because I feel like that was so heavy and I'm like, wow, I want to get back into like a positive space. So... I'm going to tell you about how like a couple weeks ago at work, I set off the building alarm. And keep in mind, I'm the only one there at the time and I don't know the code. So I was like, oh my God, I don't even have my wallet to like prove who I am. I'm going to jail. And luckily for me, somebody who did know the code showed up. Everything turned out fine, but it was pretty funny. But you know, the humorous part that actually happened that day that I want to get into is how people are literally offended by everything. Anything and everything offends people nowadays. And it's like, who are we as a society? It's just crazy. I got to tell you this story because I've never witnessed anything like this in my life. A girl I just met at work, she literally stood up, wiped the creases in her slacks and says, everyone, I just wanted to let you know that I am about to eat an egg sandwich. And I literally just started like dying laughing. And I was like, dude, are you serious? Like, that is so nice of you. I'd never do that. I would never do that. I would never get up and be like, hello, don't want to offend you with my eggs. Is everyone all right? And she was like, well, I just I didn't want to be rude. I just want to let people know some people don't like that smell. And I said, well, I mean, if you started mowing down on swordfish in the workspace, like I might have a problem with that. But you know, it's whatever. It's like an egg sandwich. It's the morning. It's like 730. Do you. But it's just wild because I've never heard of anyone announcing to their colleagues that they're about to eat an egg sandwich and apologize in advance if anyone finds the odor offensive. I thought that was really like sweet and polite of her, but like literally I would never do that because, you know, maybe I need to refine my etiquette. I don't know, but that's who we've become in America. It's sad, which brings me to the fact that I have to talk about this. I have to talk about Bill Burr's new Netflix special, Paper Tiger. I've never laughed harder at any of Bill's specials. Like, there was one that he did, I want to say maybe like two or three years ago, that was black and white. And it was, yeah, it was shot in black and white. And I was just kind of like, eh, you know, this isn't really doing anything for me. It was too political. It was just like, wah, And I was like, all right, not a fan. I don't like this one. But Paper Tiger is so wildly offensive that it's the funniest thing ever. But I think it's really funny just because of the fact that, like, he makes a lot of excellent points. And one of the things that he said that really resonated with me was the most important thing. People get so offended because they think in absolutes. You say one thing, people associate it with something, and that's it. You're automatically written off or canceled. Everybody has a closed mind. Nobody has the freedom to express themselves anymore because everyone has just closed their mind to just kind of like accept these absolutes like, okay, like you put people in categories based upon what they say, like, oh, they said this, they're a terrible person, you know, like you can't, you you can't do that. You have to like allow people to like open up your perspectives because you're not always right. I mean, like we are, we're very quick to say that we're not like that, but we definitely have our own beliefs that when challenged, some people won't even consider pondering if they're correct. And one of the things he brought up too is, you know, especially like the jokes that he made in terms of race, he cracked me up because he was talking about white women thinking their lives are so difficult. And he says, what's the matter, sweetheart? Did somebody forget to chill your rosé? I cracked up in that moment because all I could think of was how I was eating my chicken nuggets and the person delivering them forgot the honey mustard. And I was like livid about it. And I was like, oh, I don't have any honey mustard. Like, that's it it made me laugh because I was like, oh my God, you're such a moron, Denise. And it brings me back to the Rachel Dolezal thing, like in the last episode that, you know, some white women are just tone deaf to the things that women who aren't white face in everyday life. And I guarantee right now that if you're white, you're thinking in absolutes and you're annoyed right now that I said that. And you're just thinking like, bam, 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 writing me off, like shut the fuck up. Untighten your butt. Listen to me. It's true. There's things that don't affect us. As white women, we don't really give a second thought about, and we should. People need to open their minds more instead of being so wildly offended all the time. I mean, for Christ's sake, like we grew up with Eminem, Slim Shady, and you're all outraged about small shit. Come on. And like I said, you know, this, this special is not for the faint of hat. Bill is not for the faint of hat And he just tells the truth, like I said, in a way that's hilarious. He does touch upon some really offensive shit and joke about it. But I laughed like I I really did like there was things that have even happened to me that were like really dark that I laughed about because I was just like, you know what, like if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And I feel like I, I just grew up with dark humor, So it's something that, you know, I just kind of naturally just, you know, gravitate to. So if you have Netflix, you really need to watch Paper Tiger. It's unbelievable. And I was going to get into um, Antonio Brown, Nick and Aaron Cotta Felicity Huffman's 14-day jail sentence and I was gonna get into how um Aunt Becky is going down honey like you get what's her face got two weeks in jail I don't even know like people were so outraged by it that I'm like oh they're gonna bring down the hammer on Aunt Becky she's gonna I think she, I think she's gonna do some time I could honestly see her getting 20 years over that shit But I feel like it's such, because of the fact that I'm recording this now, I feel like it's such a stale topic, like all of these kind of like stale topics that I can't even bring up. And plus, I want to end out a toxic episode on a good note. I want to end it by saying like, what you allow is what will continue. And we can't allow ourselves to deal with this bullshit. We have to allow ourselves to be happy. We have to allow ourselves the ability to move on and to pursue endeavors with other people. You know, people who will be good to you, people who will take care of you and treat you well, because that's what you deserve. You deserve, you know, mutual respect. And at the end of the day, that's what's really important. And that's what I've learned from all this. That's what I've learned from my experience. And if I can just change that for one person, I'm happy. I'm happy to put my business out there and be like, yeah, I screwed up. Yeah, I said some things I shouldn't have said. But you know what? At the end of the day, it really, really taught me who I am how strong I can be, and it really showed me not to be naive and to really, you know, keep my eyes open. You, ha- you have to keep your eyes open. It's not to be distrusting of every single person, but keep your eyes open and keep an open mind. Open eyes, open mind. Just do that for me, if you will. So I'll end it there, but I'm going to bring you some really good shit again really soon. Thanks for listening to me, and I love you. A love just like ours would last. I won't fall for your games, so don't hate me when I say.